slash no introduction. <laughs> um, welcome to our podcast that doesn't have a name yet. Um, a few names that we've nixed so far are um, Earth and Wear Dogs and I'm, I'm in, in your wheelhouse. wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Which I still uh, love. That's it is good. We say nixed, but who knows? Maybe that's the name of the podcast. You you, you know because you can see it in front of you. <laughs> But we can't. We don't know. We are from the past. We are from the past. Um, basically, we're a podcast where we are going to talk about TV shows because we have very different tastes in TV. I pretty much exclusively watch cartoons. Also, my name is Natasha. I don't think I said that yet. And this is Jesse. Yes, um, and I pretty much exclusively watch live action, a lot of dramas, but there's sitcoms and stuff in there, too. Yeah, so we're going to watch, we're going to make each other watch the pilot shows of shows that we enjoy and that the other person probably won't be into, um, but who knows? Maybe there'll be some surprises. Um, we're starting off with a cartoon that I love and I know a lot of other people love. It is a classic of good cartoons. Um, I made Jesse watch the pilot episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. Good times. Um, Jesse, have you had you watched any Avatar before this? No, I have not. Okay, I've seen the picture before. The picture? <laughs> I've seen like the kid with his arrow. Aang. There you go. Yeah, See? Aang. Mm-hmm. I know all their names. I have all their names written down. Oh, good. Okay, this is great. I thought that maybe you had seen a little bit of it just because it's, like, so well-known. Um, but I love that you haven't. Okay. I'm just going to quickly check. I didn't check this beforehand. I want to know when exactly Avatar came out. I think I want to say 2006. Um, something. Yeah, let's see. Um, oh, 2000... No, go ahead. 2005. It started in 2005, and it ran for a few years. And I, I was, I, I watched it when all three seasons were already out, but had only recently come out. So I probably watched it in like 2008 or something like that. O- originally, I have rewatched it many times since. Fair. I've not seen it at all. But well, now, you, now I, you've seen the pilot. Now I've seen the pilot, and I will give you a summary of the pilot. Yes, I'm so excited to hear your ex- explanation of, of what happens in the pilot. So the pilot starts with a backstory exposition of, yeah, kind mm-hmm. of what's up. So there's the Avatar, and they're the only person who's mastered bending all four elements, and everyone else has their own elementary track. Elementary. <laughs> elementary. Uh, their elementary school tribe. Yes. That's not true. Um, <laughs> elemental tribe. Mm-hmm. And then that all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> I butchered that. I was so close. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. There you go. <laughs> That's the classic. That's that classic is the line. one thing I knew about Avatar. <laughs> it's good. It's a good thing to know. It's such a meme. It is. Uh, it's a big meme. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I got confused because I wasn't listening to like part of this. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go back and rewatch the very start because I got really confused on the timeline. Oh, interesting. But, so the war's been going on for a hundred years. Yes. But recently, the two main characters, Katara and Sokka, am I saying yep, this correctly? Yep. Okay. Uh, were left behind by their father to take care of their tribe while he went 
to fight with the Earth tribe. Yes. And the first time I was listening to this, I didn't hear the, like, this has been going on for a hundred years mm. thing. And thought, like, oh, when the war started, their father went off. And then was super confused for the rest of the Oh, thing. no. Because I was like, wait, what is the plot line? Yeah, no. Um, I figured it out Okay, eventually. yeah. It's been two years since their father and all the other men in their tribe left um, to go help in the war. But, yes, the war has been going on for a very long time. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. After that, the uh, thing starts with Sokka and Katara going fishing. Uh, she waterbends to catch a fish. He ruins it because he's kind of a dick. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. They get caught by this huge riptide and she gets angry with him and shatters an iceberg. And out of the water comes another iceberg, which is super <laughs> weird, that has a kid in it. Mm-hmm. It has, like, a little kid yeah. in it. And his name is Aang, and the very first thing he says is, will you go penguin sailing with me? And I'm in love with him. Aang is a good kid. He is a very, very good boy. <laughs> Here's another thing that really confused me about the timeline. Mm-hmm. She immediately sees this kid and asks him if he knew the Avatar. Okay. Which, he's 12. So here's a little bit of context that you will learn later in the show. Avatars live a really long time. Some avatars live to the age of, like, 600. So, but this kid is 12 and has been in ice, and her immediate thought is, he knows the avatar. But then later, she acts like it's a huge reveal that she just realized he's been in the ice for 100 years. Well, I think the idea is, like, they think that the avatar, they don't think the avatar has been, like, in ice for 100 years. They think the avatar has been, like, (laughs) hiding or something. So she thinks, like, oh, because this kid's an airbender, maybe, like, he knows where the avatar has been hiding for the last 12 years, not the last 100 years. Because he's been in ice? Well, she just assumes he's only been in ice for, like, a couple days or whatever. Not that he's been there for that long. Everyone you meet who's in ice obviously knows the Avatar. That's what I'm... Oh, well, it's not because he's in ice. It's because he's an airbender. (laughs) And she knows that the Avatar was supposed to be an airbender because of other plot things later. Well, also because he mastered all four elements and arguably one of the er- elements of True, the but it's also because um, the way the Avatar works is there's a cycle and they're reborn. Like, I can't remember the exact order of the cycle. I think it goes water, then earth, then fire, then air. There's like a cycle and it always goes back in that order, like what tribe you'll be born into. And they know that the last one was the, the one that disappeared was supposed to be an air, was supposed to be born into the air nomads. Okay. Fair. It was yeah. That's weird. fair. That's fair. It's still it's it's still a pretty <laughs> weird thing to ask a kid you just met. <laughs> it's just hey, kid, I just met. <laughs> he falls asleep. This mm-hmm. little kid, Ang, and he has a nightmare about how he was like in a sea of fire and then made himself and his little flying bison dude. I shouldn't call. Him <laughs> He's him very big, massive. He's little in my yeah. heart. Do you know <laughs> the bison's name? Appa. Yeah, Appa. He's a good bison. Mm -hmm. I love that bison. He's a good boy. And so he has a nightmare where he encapsulated himself in ice, which is pretty obviously what happened Mm -hmm. was that nightmare. And then Katara comes in to wake him up and he's like, 
getting dressed and she sees that his tattoos are all over his body and seems shocked and then that never comes back up so I don't really know what's up with that yeah I was a little bit confused about that too it seems like she's surprised that he has the tattoos but she can see them on his hands and head too so I don't know why she was surprised to see them on his arms and feet yeah like you can see the one on his head I was like maybe it like means something that they're all connected Mm. like maybe it's weird like I I mean the tattoos mean something but like I don't understand why she's surprised that they're on the rest of his body when she could already see some of them. So I, I was not sure about that scene either. I think, like, the viewer is supposed to just be like, ooh, these tattoos are all over his body, but I don't know why Katara was necessarily surprised by it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just telling you how you should feel. Yeah. So there's some, like, fun and games with Aang mm-hmm. hanging out in his cool airbender. Mm-hmm. And Katara thinks that he can teach her waterbending because she's the last waterbender of her tribe. Mm-hmm. Which is also the thing that confused me when I thought the war was new. And I was like, wait. <laughs> I was like, why does her brother think she's a freak for doing this thing? That seems, like, pretty common. But it's not. Yeah. Um, anyways... And Sokka is there teaching warrior skills to, like, literal three-year-olds. Yeah. (laughs) Which is wild, but whatever. They're the only people left in the tribe. Everyone older than them went off to go fight. Which is very sad, but Mm -hmm. also they're three-year-olds. Look, he's trying. Leave them alone. He's, like, 14 or something? I can't remember how old Sokka's supposed to be. He's, he's, he's trying. He's trying his best. He's a big brother. Yeah. fine. Mm -hmm. Fine. Anyways, Katara asks Aang to teach her to waterbend, and he's like, I'm an airbender, (laughs) which, valid. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says he can fly her from the South Pole to the North Pole, which, why are the waterbenders on both poles? Don't know, but that's fun. It's just how they are. They're all very icy-themed, so they're on the two poles. Sure. Okay. I mean, I would argue there's a lot of water other places, but okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's just how it be. <laughs> <laughs> that's just where they wanted to be. Yeah. They wanted to live on water mm-hmm. as well as yeah. have water, that's just, I guess. That's just where their homelands are. Exactly. And uh, Aang convinces her to go into an abandoned Navy ship that's just kind of Hanging out. Mm -hmm. By the way, the phrase fire navy is wild on every single level. (laughs) It's funny, too, because I could be remembering wrong. It's been a little while since I watched it. But, like, I feel like they don't talk about the fire navy that much in later episodes. I think they usually just say the fire nation. But they kept saying fire navy. And I also clocked that. It's just, it sounds wild. Like, obviously, it makes sense. They're from the fire nation. They have a navy. But it sounds like... Fire and Navy just shouldn't go together. <laughs> they really shouldn't. It's like, why? why? What? Like What's it, happening? It makes sense, but yeah, it does sound wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. And in this ship is when uh, Katara realizes that he was in an iceberg for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Yay. Which is why he doesn't know anything about the war. Mm-hmm. And he says he has friends in the Fire Nation, which is actually really sad. Mm-hmm. He did, a hundred years ago. <laughs> it's still really sad. Mm-hmm. And he triggers a booby trap and then airbends his way out of it. Mm-hmm. Which is where we're going to go to the secondary plot, which I've been ignoring. Mm-hmm. I was going to say. Where we get Zuko, mm-hmm. who in my uh, notes is exclusively referred to as Ponytail Man. Yes! <laughs> Zuko's season one ponytail is such a meme. <laughs> 
I'm like, Ponytail Man. Yeah. And then they started calling him a prince, and I was like, Ponytail Prince. <laughs> Ponytail Prince? That's so Ponytail good. Ponytail Prince. <sighs> so anyways, Zuko is searching for uh, the boy in the ice because he believes that the burst of power that comes up when the iceberg shatters uh, is the Avatar. Mm-hmm. And that's his job. Sorry, I have another note here that was about me being confused about the war going on for a hundred years. <laughs> so it's not a real note. Mm-hmm. And Zuko's uncle is teaching him firebending, mm-hmm. but won't teach him, like, advanced firebending, because mm-hmm. apparently he's not that good. He's not. It's fine to me. He's throwing a bunch of fire around. I <laughs> <laughs> threw a bunch of fire around. That's a lot. <laughs> this is another question I mm-hmm. have. Is, um, the uncle says fire bending comes from the breath, mm-hmm. but the breath would literally be air. So, like, are fire bending and air bending kind of the same thing? I think it's l- not so literal. I think he means more like in, like, a, like, a martial arts kind of, like, you need to, like, use your breathing and you're, like, centering yourself to, like, release your fire, not, like, just your muscles. Like, I don't think it's literal. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Fine. But all the all the <laughs> elements... You would also need literal air to, like, make fire, that's, but okay. That's true. You, well, that's true. You do need, like, oxygen to make fire. It's funny because the way firebending works is they actually, like, create fire, whereas water, earth, and air, they just can manipulate the water, earth, and air that are around them. And in the Avatar movie that they made, which was terrible, but in that movie, they kind of did an interesting thing where firebenders couldn't create fire. They could just, like, manipulate fire. So, like, if they had a candle or a campfire or whatever, they could manipulate it, which, like, in a way does make more sense with the rules of the world. But fire also is, like, a thing that you can make with, like, a spark. So, like, maybe they just, like, I I don't quite know the science of, like, how they make fire, but it it is interesting that, like, Technically, they're the only ones who create their element instead of just manipulating it. So maybe they yeah. use their breath to make it real hot and then make it make a fire. I don't know. <laughs> they're just full of hot air. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's true. That's Zuko. And the last thing that happens is when Aang bursts out of the ship, Zuko sees it. So Zuko, like, knows where he is mm-hmm. and is coming for the waterbending village. Yep. And that's where the episode ends. Yeah, that is a good summary of it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It was mostly me being like, wait, what happened? How many years? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing about this show and is that it's very plot heavy for like a cartoon of the time and even of now, um, which I really like because it's a very good plot. Like it's so well done. But there is like a lot of things that like I feel like in the first episode are a little bit confusing. And then like as you watch more of it, a lot of stuff gets explained. Like, all the lore about how the Avatar cycle works and what Katara does and doesn't know about the Avatar and everything. And, like, what's happened with the war. It all, like, gets explained. Fair. Mm -hmm. So what did you think? I mean, hmm, what did I think? (laughs) It was a cartoon. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I have nothing against it. Mm-hmm. I fail to see how it's, like, that much better than a different cartoon. And, like, I know it's very, like, famous and very well-known and very well-liked. But, like, 
it still has all the things that I kind of associate with, like, cartoons that are aimed at kids where they kind of have these, like, very stiff one-liners that, like, you always know what the joke's gonna be because it's the same in everything. (laughs) And... The weird thing is, if you go on IMDb, I know these actors. These actors are, like, actually good actors in live-action things. (laughs) And then in this, they have that, like, thing that happens in kids' cartoons where you're talking, like, very stiffly. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's so funny. That's so funny. I feel like it's, it's really, like, just being used to the different genres because to me this cartoon is very well acted and like i but it's it's still acted like it's a cartoon it is but i feel like that's what cartoons are (laughs) like i don't know i think i'm just like it doesn't feel like i kind of see what you're saying like i know that cartoons have a certain cadence and a way that they're acted and a way that jokes are told that is not the same as live action but to me that's not a turnoff that's not a bad thing (laughs) it's endearing it's part of what's fun about cartoons yeah i mean i hmm. whereas like i find dramas and stuff too (sighs) fast overacted or like not over maybe that's not the right word i don't know just like so Like, they're trying to sell me that this is real, but I know that it's just acting, so it kind of seems silly. Whereas a cartoon, they're not trying to make me think it's real. (laughs) You know? Mm, Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Like, I see where you're coming Mm -hmm. from. I just like the opposite. Like, the point of me watching something is that I can get lost in this world and I think it's real. Mm. I think of it like if you're editing a story, if you were editing a story and I saw a dialogue where I was like, no one would say that. Like, a person would not say that. Mm-hmm. And that was my editing note. It would be changed in a book. Yeah. And I don't understand why that's, like, not a relevant editing note in a cartoon. That's fair. I don't know. It's just such a different genre. It's such a different way of telling stories. It's almost, it's almost like, you know how, like, in theater, things are overdone, but it's on purpose? As opposed to, like, a movie or whatever? I feel like cartoons are kind of like that. Where, like, the dialogue and the things that happen aren't necessarily trying to sell you on, like, this is real and this is the way real people talk. It's, like, this is, uh... Campy? Campy, kind of. Yeah. But, like, it works in cartoons. I don't really like campy live-action stuff that much. Sometimes, if it's very, like, funny. You have to get very purposefully campy in a live-action mm-hmm. Whereas, like, cartoons just are like that. And I, I think that's why I like cartoons, because it's so much easier for me to suspend my, like, have my suspension of disbelief in a cartoon. Like, I don't... Things can be dumb and silly and over the top and kind of cringy, but it's still good. Whereas, like, in a live action, if it's even a little bit dumb or silly or cringy, it's really hard for me to enjoy it. Whereas a cartoon has to be really bad for me not to enjoy it. 
your argument here is essentially that dumb, stupid, cringy things don't happen in real life. No, but like, (laughs) no, here's the thing. I completely agree Uh with you that like when a live action thing is like dumb, stupid, or cringy, it's like, oof. It's like, that's bad. Mm -hmm. It's like, we should like, oof. Like, that's a bad show. (laughs) But at the same time, like the argument of like, you can't suspend your disbelief because like, that makes it feel like a show is, like, wild because people are so stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm not describing it well, but it's just funny. It's just, it's, it's, I totally get where you're coming from, but it's kind of funny that, like, I think the thing that you don't like about cartoons is what I like about cartoons. <laughs> okay, that's valid. Yeah, that's really interesting. Can I try to guess your favorite character? Yes. Wait, is your favorite character in this episode? Yes. And I feel like you it might be obvious, but maybe not. I really want to say Zuko. <laughs> Zuko, I think, is definitely the most interesting character in the show. He gets definitely the most interesting arc, and he's kind of like the fandom favorite. I do really like him, but he's not my favorite. Is Sokka your favorite? Sokka is my favorite. Sokka also does develop a lot throughout the show. I think Sokka in the first episode is not the best indication of who Sokka is. <laughs> that's valid, but I would say that's valid of almost every single show. Yes, but yeah, Sokka is my favorite. And Sokka's character type of like the, the goofy straight man of the group <laughs> is often... And I don't mean straight man like not gay. I mean straight man like, like you know, like... Like straw man. <laughs> no, like, you know, like in a comedy bit where there's like the straight man and the the not, not what straight straw man. man is? I don't think so. Straw man is like when someone is like thrown under the bus for an art. Is it? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> is this a Google? Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. Well, that, that, that type of character is often my favorite kind of character. A person regarded as having no substance or integrity. <laughs> Yes, not a straw man. <laughs> the straight man. The straight man. No, you're totally right. It's just, for some reason, my brain was like, yes, the straight man. <laughs> the only straight man on the entire show. I mean, Sokka does get a girlfriend later on, but that doesn't necessarily mean. Um, but no, I really, really like Sokka. Although, I honestly, I like the whole cast. I think that this show has such a strong cast and such an interesting plot. The other thing... And, like, obviously this happens in some live actions as well, but my favorite, 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 favorite kind of stories in storytelling are stories that have a very serious story that has, like, real consequences and, like, bad things happen and whatever, but that is couched in a lot of humor and silliness. And then there's, like, moments where you're like, oh, man, like, serious stuff is happening. Jeez. But then, like, it quickly becomes humor again. That, to me, is, like, the the epitome of storytelling because when a story is just really dramatic all the time it totally loses me but like when it's mostly fun and games and then there's like moments where you're like oh damn bad things are happening in this world even though everyone is mostly joking around that's like what like gets me and this story is very much that i would totally agree with that that is a very good story Mm -hmm. like setup i really like that too i do think it's less prevalent in dramas Mm -hmm. especially dramas that are i watch a lot of teen dramas and teen dramas tend to take themselves very seriously because teenagers take themselves very seriously like yeah a teen drama that's set with like 16 year olds is aimed at like 14 year olds Mm -hmm. who are like i am an adult now (laughs) that's fair 
not. <laughs> That's the other Sorry, thing. 14 year olds. I, I, I rarely really enjoy stories that take themselves very seriously, and I don't think cartoons ever really take themselves very seriously, which is also why I love them. Oh, you're going to love the pilot episode we're watching. Uh-huh. Not next week. <laughs> there aren't... My other question that mm-hmm. I have here is guess the canon gays. I'm pretty sure there aren't canon gays in Avatar. There are only canon gays in Legend of Korra. Am I correct? You are correct. There are other canon gays in the larger Avatar universe, uh, like in the comics and books and stuff, but not in this show. This show aired from 2005 to like 2007 or 2008 or something. There were no canon gays in cartoons at that time, like at all. (laughs) To be fair, the big, like even canon gays, like there are canon gays in realistic stuff before that. Mm -hmm. But I would say the real reckoning where, like, you have to have a gay character or your show, like, (laughs) isn't, like, valid wasn't (laughs) until, like, 2008, 2009. Mm. 2008 is when you start getting a bunch of previously straight characters just suddenly being gay for no reason. (laughs) That's really wild. It's really bad writing every single time. Yeah, so... Avatar The Last Airbender aired from 2005 to 2008. There were no, there was no queer representation in cartoons at the time. Legend of Korra ended in 2014. In the very last episode of Legend of Korra, the two main girls, Korra and Asami, like, are very heavily implied to be a couple, but they don't, like, kiss on screen or anything. They hold hands and kind of, like, walk off into the distance together. And then it was, like, confirmed by the creators and stuff that they are gay, they are a couple. And in the subsequent comics and stuff, like, they kiss, they're referred to as a couple. They talk about, in the comics, like, how queer people are treated in the Avatar universe and stuff. Like, it becomes part of the story. But, like, the first, like, instance of that is, like, them walking off together in the last episode of Korra in 2014. And, like, 2014 was, like, the very beginning of having any kind of queer representation in cartoons. Like, that was, like, they had to fight to have that in it, and it wasn't even explicit. And then since 2014, there's been more cartoons where they get away with having more actual queer representation. But that's how recently you could actually have any kind of gay character in a cartoon like this. Yeah, I I actually remember that being a big deal, mm-hmm. which is weird considering I wouldn't have been watching it in 2014. 2014 was the year we graduated high school. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow, we're old. Anyway. <laughs> True. But, like, it's just wild how recently it just was not a thing to have queer representation in kids' media. Like, at all. <laughs> That's valid. And still, like, now you have to be pretty well-known yeah. to be able to fight for that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, Shira, which I am going to make you watch at some point. I'm actually excited for that. Yeah, so it's also very good. Um, It also has canon queer representation. The creator of it, when she was first, when they were first pitching the show, they pitched it and wanted to have the queer representation. They were basically told, like, no. And so they just kind of made the show with it in mind. And when they got to the final season, they were like, okay, the show is successful enough. I can kind of do what I want. And they were able to, like, explicitly put it in there. Because they always knew they wanted it. But when they first pitched the show, they were basically told, like, you won't be allowed to. And this only came out a couple years ago. My favorite thing about creators is when they get, like, famous enough or the thing becomes, like, well-made enough uh-huh. that you're just like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. As far as I know, from what I've read, that's basically what happened with Shira. 
Um, which is great. It's a very good show, and I will get you to watch that one, too. But, yeah. But, yeah, Avatar... So, yes, you're right. No canon gaze in this particular series, but it's coming (laughs) in the later Avatar content. (laughs) Maybe I'll get you to watch the pilot of Korra at some point, too. Uh, It's also very good. Legend of Korra and She-Ra are things that I'm like, I would watch that if I liked (laughs) (laughs) cartoons. I mean, Uh. if you were going to watch Legend of Korra, you should definitely watch this first, Avatar. Because yeah, come on, I love a spinoff where I don't know where anything is happening. <laughs> That's fair. But the thing is, and I, if we do Legend of Korra, we'll talk about this more, but I do think that Avatar The Last Airbender is better than The Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra is good, but the, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is just so good. And, like, <laughs> the pilot is fun, and I think the pilot does do a really good job of setting up the world. Like, when I watched it, I couldn't quite remember how much they established in the pilot, and they establish a lot. It's clear that they have, like, most of the story planned when they made the pilot. Um, but I still think that, like, later episodes really start to dig into the world and the characters more, which, like, is fair. You can only do so much in a 30-minute pilot. No, I... I agree. It's a mm-hmm. great setup. Like, mm-hmm. I have a very good idea. Most of the confusion was me not paying attention, <laughs> enough attention to the opening monologue where I was like, wait, he just left for the war. How has the war been going on for 100 years? How old are these kids? Um, That's fair. <laughs> oh. But anyways, I got there. Yeah. I got there. I feel like we already covered Would You Keep Watching It with my What Did You Think? Would you? I don't think so. That's I'm just fair. I'm not a fan of the style of it. Like I don't That's fair. Yeah. Also, I I forgot how much Avatar takes inspiration from like anime tropes um of like just certain like sound effects and expressions the characters make and like ways they interact with the world are very like classic anime style, which I know a lot of people find kind of off-putting because <laughs> it's so weird and over the top i did kind of get an anime vibe mm-hmm. that being said i've watched very little to almost no anime <laughs> i'm gonna get you to watch some animes too don't worry honestly my like biggest exposure to anime is i had like not even a friend like an acquaintance that like hung out mm-hmm. in my friend group in high school who Mm-hmm. The way our buses worked was they got us there for tutorials, but tutorials were optional, so you were there for, like, 50 minutes mm-hmm. before class started. And mm-hmm. he would watch free on his laptop, <laughs> and sometimes I would, like, watch it over his shoulder, and that's my biggest exposure to anime. <laughs> I was just, like, reading the subtitle. We should totally watch the pilot of free at some point. That's a classic. A modern classic. <laughs> Good, good time. Yeah. 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 Avatar is interesting because it's a Western cartoon that was clearly very inspired by anime. And it definitely has a lot of elements of both Western cartoons and animes. And also, it's... I think it's more similar to a live action show than a lot of other cartoons are in terms of the way it's plotted. Because a lot of cartoons, especially Western cartoons, are much more episodic and a kind of almost like monster of the week e where like the episodes are not super connected and there's not much of an overarching plot and if it is it's very like vague and broad whereas like avatar is very plot driven and not a lot of cartoon like western cartoons are especially like at the time that avatar was coming out i feel like there weren't a lot or maybe i just wasn't watching a lot but like in some ways the plot kind of makes me think of more like either an anime or a live action show um like a fantasy show or something 
The plot makes me think of like a like high fantasy novel. Like yeah. there's a lot there. It, it's, there's a lot going on. It's very high fantasy novel. It's also and this might just be because I'm very I'm very into Star Wars at the moment, but it also like clearly has some Star Wars inspiration. And which is, but Star Wars also has a lot of high fantasy inspiration, so I think it kind of all comes to the same place of like this hero's journey and this like mastering of a magical power and stuff. You mean every story ever. Every story ever told. <laughs> every story ever told. Random child is the best in the world. Yep. That's how it is. That's the chosen one story, man. That's fair. You know what? <laughs> fair enough. Speaking of Monster of the Week, mm. do you want to know what you're listening to next episode? Yes, I already know, but I but tell tell the world. I'm so excited. Uh, next episode, we'll be listening to the pilot episode of Supernatural. Well, we'll be watching listening it, not just listening it. to it. <laughs> we'll only be listening to it. We're weirdly just not going to watch it. <laughs> that would be interesting. Review the pilot of a show, but don't watch it. Just listen to it. How much can you get out of it? We could do pilot episodes of fictional podcasts. I was going to say we could do like listen to the audio and tell me if you think it's a cartoon or, or a live action, but I feel like you could absolutely tell. Oh, you could tell immediately. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, they're so different. You would have to, you would have to pick some deep cuts yeah. to get something confusing. Oh man. Um. Yeah. So we're gonna be watching Supernatural, which will be fun for me too, because the pilot of Supernatural is nothing like the end of Supernatural. <laughs> so it's gonna be whiplashy. Yes, I'm excited. I feel like these were two good things to start with because. I have never watched the pilot of Supernatural, but I know stuff about it from the internet and the world, which I feel like was similar to you had not watched the pilot of Avatar, but you knew a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's our show, Mm -hmm. everyone. It has a title, presumably. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll pick it soon. (laughs) Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe it has no title. Maybe this is just the untitled podcast. Maybe this episode comes out three months, or is taped three months before it comes out. Who knows? Nobody knows. Hopefully not. Hopefully, you will be able to email us at an email that I will put in the podcast description, because obviously I don't have it yet, because I don't know the title of this podcast. <laughs> yep. And tweet at us from another thing that does not yet exist. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. And then uh, come back next week? No, two weeks from now? How often are we releasing this? <laughs> Uh, I believe we were going to do it the 14th and the 28th. So come back in exactly 14 days. Yes. Unless it is the 28th, then it will be more than 14 days. To the 14th. Yes. Come back when the next episode airs. It will be about Supernatural. (laughs) I hope you look forward to that. Just subscribe and it'll be there at some point. Either the 14th or the 28th. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. You're smart. you. (laughs) You can figure it out. You're smarter than both of us combined, because you know the title of this podcast. That should be our sign-off. You're smarter than both of us combined. (laughs) Bye! Bye!